Hello and welcome. You're listening to Adventures in the Veil, an RPG discussion podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Ross. Sit back and relax by the fire, for there are tales to be told. have that right out. Welcome to the Cozy Crow Tavern and the Adventures in the Bell Tavern cast where we talk about tabletop role-playing games. My name's Ross and I'll be your host here at the tavern tonight. Settle in, order a drink, and let's swap tells of adventure. I'm joined tonight with someone I consider an expert with regard to dungeon crawl classics role-playing game I've come to deeply love and enjoy over this past year. And tonight, we're going to talk about that. Introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Hi, uh, yeah, um, I'm, my name's Lane Bowen. I, I don't know, I've been running, playing games for for a while, um, since I started back, you know, back in the 90s with AD&D 2nd Edition, fell out of it for many, many years, and, you know, now I've really into dungeon crawl classics and but i've been you know play what i can and been running my own games for for a while now so you started with second edition yeah back in the like you know when i was a middle school and a high school but it's like when you know you could go and go to walden books in the mall and get like you know D books there and stuff like that I, as a kid that's what that was a you know how i started um but it was just really mostly like me and my brother playing we didn't actually have anybody else to play with so we kind of you know figured it out as we went sort of thing which is you know seems like now you hear a lot of people did the same thing but you know at the time it was just me wanting to get as much as i can in and not really understanding what i'm doing but good times yeah do you, do you ever miss that game that that kind of game like you and your brother figuring it out together ad second edition well, it's one of those, like, it's hard to tell, you know, the nostalgia is strong versus, you know, it's hard to recreate, you know, when you go back and look at, like, I found, like, I, I recently moved back to where my mom lived and she had these boxes of stuff and I found, like, all my old, like, notebooks and world building materials I wrote when I was in middle school, character sheets, and I, I you know, even back then, I, the world building part of it was, like, a big draw for me because I was a big, you know, fantasy nerd and re- reading lots of, you know, books and you know the, all those old D, you know doorstop books that now are kind of cringy when you go back to them but you know the world building at the time even i had like pages and pages of notebooks of like you know this is very derivative fantasy worlds i made up when i was in middle school you know oh going cool. back and seeing some of that stuff it's some of it's pretty cringy but it's like it's also like yeah that's it's cool to you know, have all that stuff again i'm, I'm gonna ask you about moon throne later but is there a little bit of a moon throne prototype in any of that was there any kind of er moon throne to come that that would eventually inform and inform that not really so much as the the world building drive was there and that's what kind of was there may be little bits but it was it was very much derivative standard D D stuff you know my world wasn't really you know you had your generic D fied fantasy world it's 
that was pretty much what I was doing. I might have thought I was being super original, but I wasn't even aiming for originality. It was just something I made, made it my own thing. Um, that kind of made it. But going back and looking at the stuff, now Moonthrone is definitely mostly influenced by stuff that I that, that I got into after that phase, but still with a nostalgic look back at the whole world building and D and D, you know, aspirational stuff. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, but now you're, you're kind of a, I, I think of you, at least for me, as, to me, you're like the Dungeon Crawl Classics guy. You were actually, you ran DCC the first time I ever played it, uh, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sour Spring Hollow, the funnel. That was the first time I ever played it. Um, so how did you get into Dungeon Crawl Classics? Well, it started kind of, I was, you know, talking about how I played second edition back in the in the 90s. And of course, then I didn't play for 20 years or something like that. And around, it was around 2012, 2013. I decided, you know, I'm, I was an adult. I decided, you know what? My whole life I've been wanting nostalgic, trying to recreate that feel for when I was playing D&D as a kid. So I was like, screw it. I'm getting back into D&D. And at the time, it was all Pathfinder. Pathfinder was just really getting started, and that's so I fell back into that. And I'd forgotten all the old rules from Second Edition, so I just relearned it with Pathfinder. And it was fun, but it wasn't really quite clicking. It was, you know, it's somewhat scratching that itch, but it wasn't quite there for that nostalgic kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things that you know DCC was kind of based on is nostalgia for games that never were, and that, you know, sort of thing. Games that never um, were. Yeah, like, you know, everybody, like, this goes going, you know, off tangent a little bit. The OSR feel is largely people trying to recreate the feelings of what they remember from their childhood games that when you go back and play them, they weren't exactly... I think a lot of it is nostalgia. to be, But uh, that's a whole other segment you can rant on forever. Sure. I got... But that's... Going back to that, I was into played Pathfinder, and that was I was like, "This is D and D now, I guess." I don't remember what it was like before well enough to know that it. And it turns out, no, it's it's not really. There <laughs> it is, but it's so much extra baggage, you know. And a, a friend of mine was ran the uh, I think it was Sailors on the Starless Sea. It was before even the DCC was fully released. I think when they were doing that playtest stuff around 2012, 2013. A friend of mine said, hey, I've heard about this game. It's super old school, you know, going back to, and I want to try it out. And he played it, and he ran that for me and another friend of mine and some other people. And I was just, like, blown away. Like, holy cow, this is what, this is what I want. Oh, wow. This is, you know, it was different enough from, you know, it definitely was a big, I was, you know, I'd gotten back into it and playing Pathfinder First Edition. And... It's like, holy, this is closer to what I remember D&D being like, but it was still different, but it was in some ways, it really scratched that itch of what I wanted out of D&D, like, my whole life. <laughs> Even back when I was in middle school, trying to get this vibe that I didn't really know what I was doing. And DCC was the closest, like, I was just blown away by the, I don't know, the whole vibe of it, I guess. Um so and you would say it, that, it, it, it accomplished that feeling. It actually, the one you're describing, it, it managed to pull it yeah. off. And not every time you play, but it's the most of any other system that I've tried really gets that, like, 
what I want, like that aspirational, that game that I'm trying to get to and that I play other systems that kind of scratch that itch but don't quite get it that are really close. And DCC is the closest I've gotten to that. And it doesn't always get that, but it's certainly uh, closer than anything else. So you're talking about like the sort of feeling that it produces. Um, and I can, I can tell as we kind of talk around that feeling, I mean, there's nostalgia, which would describe maybe why that feeling is there or, or, you know, um, but, but, it does seem kind of elusive. What, what do you think that is? What is it that you got when you were younger and, and you know, you had this thing and then and you didn't see it again until you tried this game in 2012? Yeah. Well, I think, well, even, like, as a kid playing D&D or even an adult, you're, you're, it, there's this kind of almost... I don't know, immersive experience like you're yeah. like it's a fantasy world that you feel like you're you're a hero where you're going through you know escapism like you know and, and so, to some extent but really escaping into another world kind of thing is I think to some extent the one of the draws and the main vibes that people are going for in in, in D&D and DCC is the best at accomplishing that of anything I've played and when done well <laughs> At, at immersion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think about... So, I didn't start with Dungeons & Dragons, but when I got into it, I got into it really pretty hard. For a long time, I was into Dungeons & Dragons, and for me, it was 5th edition. And there was this feeling I wanted to attain in Dungeons & Dragons. I had this idea of what it would be, like playing Baldur's Gate, the the video games, which I played those games before I got to actually play Dungeons and Dragons. And even just fantasy video games, there was this expectation that I would be this sword-wielding, backpack-wearing, muddy-boot-wearing adventurer, and I would have to go to taverns for something. In Baldur's Gate, it was to get information. You had to, like, buy drinks and get information from the tavern keep. And then you would go out on an adventure, and it would be perilous. And it would be, you know, uh, uh, dark and gritty, and um, and that you wouldn't leave that, you know. But what we found when we really started playing a big campaign of the, the modern game, I remember in 2020 with the group that we have now, uh, for the first few sessions, there was this sense of wonder that there was this huge world and you were a very small part of it and you could make choices in it. And they went and they saved a merchant's son from like this really hor- horrific monster. And they thought they might die to try to fight this monster. But immediately after that, they were third or fourth level and we never had that feeling again. We, we never came back. And they became like the most important fixtures in the world. And and it felt like Marvel's Avengers, where it was like this sort yeah. of uh, personal character experience about a very important, very powerful person and how they interact and how they interact with the world. And we played that for a year and a half, and I think for many of us, we always wanted that first feeling of that, like that first three or four sessions. And then once we got that past that threshold, I don't know what that is, but once we mm-hmm. passed that threshold, it was gone, and we never got it again. 
Yeah. Well, and going back, thinking like my first DCC experience, uh, kind of maybe maybe if we'd kept playing, we would have lost that too. But I remember played went through. I think it was Sailors on the Starless Sea was the first fun, first game I played. It was before the books were in hard, you know, actually in print form. But we played it, and it was like, you know, it was amazing. Like people died left and right, and you know, you find had these survivors, and they were the, like admit something that those were the ones that got out, and then. We were like, okay, what do we do next? And Adam, who was uh, the one running that, um, really, to his credit, probably what set the tone for why one of the reasons I like DCC so much and have, like always chasing it since then is like the next thing he did after we got down out of that, somebody was like, well, this wizard wants to learn a spell. He wants to get, you know, it's like, okay. And he's like, all right, well, um, here, let me, and he played around. I don't know, he's probably making it up and he rolled some dice, pretended like he was looking at something and said, okay, well, uh, you've heard about this old hermit in this weird valley that, uh, you you know, that might have a lead on spells. So we, the, the next thing we did right after, you know, uh, you know the, the funnel was we had to go and we went to this remote valley with this narrow trail that went to this weird hermit and he had, a, you know, and that was just to learn a spell. Yeah, wow. Whereas, you know, fifth edition, you know, modern... I think Pathfinder, all those modern thing is like, well, you leveled up and here's your spells. Right. And it's like, it's just, you're just going through. A, yeah, like the, the well adventure happens game. off the screen. You know, like. Right. Uh, I, I had a table result like that the other day where I, I told somebody it was like I had a party, but someone else had to tell me about it. And that, mm-hmm. and that's what, I, and I've always said that problem with wizard spell tables in D&D where you kind of automatically learn a spell because. Um, it just seemed like something really interesting was happening in the background, and we were just zooming into the fight, but none of mm-hmm. the but none of the mystery and wonder and exploration of it. Um, that part had kind of been taken out. Um, and um, okay, so that was like ten years ago. So here you are, you've been playing and running Dungeon Crawl Classics for ten years. This is an old RPG at this point, interestingly. And yeah. so now there's all kinds of stuff that's come out. Some of it has some of the the vibes and the energy of Dungeon Crawl Classics. You've got things like, and this is kind of old at this point too, but you had games like um, you know, Shadow of the Demon Lord. You've got Warhammer Fantasy, which is, of course, older, but it it's obvious that DCC draws inspiration from it. You've got Shadow Dark which is almost like a, a light version of it on one level. Uh, you've got things like Dungeon Crawl Classics. After 10 years, why Dungeon Crawl Classics? Why still? Uh, why are you still running and playing? What's kept you in it uh, uh, throughout that time? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. Some of it may be going back. Maybe I'm just doing the nostalgia cycle all over again. Who knows? But I think it, more than that, um, well... Some of it is I've, I'm invested, I'm sure, because I've been... Yeah, but do you have fun I, when you I, run I, it? Yeah, it's... The, right. <laughs> it's that's the, That definitely helps, because, you know, I ran... Part of it, I was running a lot of... You know, I, I start, got back into it playing Pathfinder, then I found out about, you know, um, DCC, but still finding players at that point even was like, okay, but we still had... I still played Pathfinder, and then on... Once one every other week or so, I would finally get to play DCC with another friend of mine who's been running a run a game at a game store. But it was never, never quite got that critical mass of all the other players playing the other systems. And then I moved, 
I was I was living in Alabama at the time in Birmingham. Then I moved to Kentucky where everybody was playing fifth edition instead of Pathfinder, and so I ended up running a lot of fifth edition. But even then, I made my own setting, and I made a setting which turned into what's now Moonthrone. It, it was a it was still Moonthrone, but it was a different. It was like Moonthrone in the past. Anyway, getting in the weeds there. But even then, I basically made a setting specifically so that I could try and trick people into playing DCC. Because like Moonthrone started as a 5e game designed to rip off DCC, so that I could hopefully get players to then play DCC, <laughs> and that's I don't I don't know if that worked, but I'm playing it. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't really work at all. <laughs> I had I got stuck in a 5e campaign that went for for years, um, but I, I threw in all this like corruption rules for Fifth Edition that were basically just ripping off the corruption rules from DCC. But you're running it now, and I mean, I can mm-hmm. say, uh, so I, I think, I think two years ago, uh, I made two characters. So one of them was a 5th edition character, a, a swamp dwarf or something. Uh, and um, But I, I was only on one adventure uh, for that character. But I made this guy... Uh, and he is a, uh, uh, a a confidence man. He's a scam artist, and he owns a raft. And um, a horse appears in places. He doesn't get to. He doesn't ride it. He wouldn't want to if he could. He doesn't. It doesn't. You know, it's not his companion or his pet. It just. It just stares at him. It just shows up places, and horrible things happen to people whenever. Whenever I try to even integrate into normal society and find a place and uh, I think this was two years ago I appeared next to someone uh, having been captured and brought into basically a torture chamber uh, where they were trying to magically experiment on us and we escaped and that was it when I entered into this world and over two years in a very picaresque and pulpy way because it's been very off and on um, this this guy who's the scam artist trying to survive in uh, was a horrible horrible place uh, and trying to find food to eat and um, I, I can't even on this podcast I can't say some of the things he's seen <laughs> because of how <laughs> horrific some of the things he's seen has been I've gotten to adventure there and I, I mean, so now to me, this is this secondary world. It's this place that for me is quite real, and uh, I really enjoy it. Um, what is uh, Moonthrone? Well, thank you. That's all. That's like mission accomplished. That's what I'm going yeah, for. Yeah, that's what I. That's like what I guess I'm saying is I. I think yeah. it. I mean, yeah. You you run Moonthrone now, and it's in Dungeon Crawl Classics, so it's and it's really cool. It's uh, one of the most unique fantasy settings I've ever seen before. Well, thank you. Cool. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it started, like I said, the, the setting started as, like, me tr- trying to figure out a way to shoehorn DCC stuff into 5th edition, and it was always really made to be a DCC campaign. And I finally cut all, you know, had to basically start all... I've had a lo- had one campaign that was a it was a 5th edition campaign that went a long, long time, and it basically ended where I said the world almost in. There was, like, almost an apocalypse, and then they saved it. And then that was like when I was done with 5th edition. And then I decided I'm going to jump 100 years in the future and make it this ruined city and stuff. And then I ended up playing that in 5th edition but <laughs> until I killed well, that Well, let's again say someone has never played a role-playing game before. They don't know what a role-playing yes. game is. 
and they're entering this fantasy world like they get transplanted there as a person what is the, what is this place <laughs> what is th- yeah so so moon throne is very very much inspired by uh, dcc lankmar I really wanted to run DCC Lankmar, and I was, you know, but I wanted to do my own world building. And, so and DCC Lankmar is, of course, there's this, um, you know, almost lore to Dungeons and Dragons I didn't even know existed. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, this is Dungeons and Dragons. And I and I didn't, yeah. I, I feel like I didn't even really know until I read it. This guy, Fritz Lieber, he wrote this uh, a multiple series, a whole omnibuses of, of novels. Uh, set in um, uh, with his kind of two main adventurer characters called Fofford and the Grey Mauser, right? And Fofford and the Grey Mauser are generally not nice people. And they're just trying to get a book and get by another day in what is this sort of, I don't know how you'd even describe it, but a sort of uh, mudcore Mesopotamian world uh, where, you know, uh, and again, some of it I can't really describe on this podcast, but magic is dangerous and horrific, but they have to act that, but they still contend with it so that they can try to get money and power because they're hungry for money and power. And it keeps driving them into horrific places so they can get more money and power. And then they come back and they blow it all in the tavern on bad habits. And that drives them back out into, anyways, uh, in case, yeah. in case somebody doesn't know what Lankmar is, but go ahead. Yes. So Moon Throne is basically my urban metropolis setting, um, but the city has gone to crap because the world almost ended, and then it didn't, but the city never recovered. So it's basically, and to add the some of the DCC elements, I was really, one of the things I love about DCC is the corruption rules, how wizards are like, dangerous and they can be twisted and corrupted by using magic so i basically took that and i ran with it where the idea is there's this city and something about the city is off so the whole city has that character to it not just a single wizard anymore exactly the whole city is is rife with magical corruption that incursions can happen and just it's dangerous to go there in certain like, areas, like give one example, like what would happen if, uh, you know, and because again, people listening, they don't know what Dungeon Crawl Classics is. So, uh, yes. what what's something that could happen when you meddle with magic? Right. So in Dungeon Crawl Classics, like uh, as a, if a wizard sort of botches a spell check, for example, he may be corrupted, and like for one of the examples is uh, like his he might his head may slowly be turning into a frog. Head. Great. Yeah. You know, like you get, you know, starts off you just get bulbous eyes like a frog, and you know, the more you mess up your spell, but eventually you just got a, a literal frog head. It's like, <laughs> oh, that's a wizard. You can tell because he's the one who's all messed up. You know. Yeah, <laughs> just as a frog head. Yes, I've seen I've seen this happen with magic. These things. Okay, so you're yes. saying the whole city does stuff like that. Like the whole city is a sort of living creature uh, that has been afflicted by, by this. Um, this corruption and uh yes so like you know the boundaries between worlds are thin there you could say so corruption from other planes of reality and i get in i can get into the weeds of the metaphysics of it but you don't need to know all that it's just the city will change you uh, to steal a line from another supplement um, one thing i can say as a player is you can start on one city block and you can travel to the next city block in that place 
and you will it will be tense and dramatic and very weird and horrific and interesting and there's there's hardly any like oh i think i'll just have a, a light shopping day here today in main throne like uh it's it's a place where um maybe that happens maybe 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 somebody could be lucky and have a day like that but but there are some strange days for people that travel there so that that was my experience with it yep that that sounds about right and I'm I'm still working on my my rules for it, but it, I, you know I've got the setting down and it, it, I'm basically cobbling rules from DCC and trying to come up with my own sort of, you know everybody I, you hear hex crawl is every, people do hex crawls and the systems for hex crawls are, I've never quite grasped, so I'm trying to make my own and figuring out how to integrate that into the setting because world building is a big part of it the draw for me. Yeah. Um, All right, so. Someone's listening to this, and I and I'm gonna do a whole thing on this in my review because uh, I feel like Dungeon Crawl Classics is a game that suffers from layers of misconceptions. Like there's like especially a couple of things that I think people look at it and they have uh, misconceptions that just hold them back from trying it out. And lots of people could try it. Um, the quick start rules are free. Actually, I will say the second one is. A D6 can be a D3, and you can hop in and play a funnel. You don't need to try to get funky dice. It's not a big deal. Uh, this game is not that hard to just hop in and play, especially if you're familiar with dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. But um, let's say that you're a new player, and you're coming into Dungeon Crawl Classics. What would you recommend for them? What are some things that they should, that, you know, some things maybe, some advice you would give a new player? Yeah. Well, first, let me say I may have gotten a little sidetracked talking about my own game, which is like Dungeon Crawl Classics with my own house. No, rules, I wanted to know about is, it. Yeah. So if anybody was hearing my stuff, just talking to me, describing my game and going, oh, I don't know about that. Eh, don't take that as a knock on DCC. Well, actually, I mean, I think that's a big part of the community, right? Is actually there are all these wild settings and there's this uh, this chaotic fractal of community content. Like uh, the community yeah. itself is almost a major character in the game. Uh, so. Yeah, well, when you asked why why DCC is opposed to other systems, that was that's one of the major reasons, is the, yeah. commun- the DC, commu- DCC community is one of the best ones I've found yeah, as far as true. people into a game set uh, system. Because, I mean, I mean, a lot of kudos on that, I think, goes to Goodman Games. So I, maybe I'm kind of a Goodman Games fanboy at this point. But so are most DCC fans at this point, because the company that... P- does it you know puts out dungeon crawl classics is very good about embracing the community and like there's not really a distinction between third-party content and official content as i mean arguably yes you can tell when something's third party versus goodman games official publication but even the company blurs those lines and embraces the community on a level that i don't personally i don't see other game companies quite matching it, it um, feels like you're at a convention or a party or someone's house like to just interact mm-hmm. with the company and the products and other people that play it is one of the most welcoming and um open um kind of tabletop role-playing game communities i've ever seen uh they it's just uh and it happens naturally. There's this sort of mm-hmm. energy or attitude to it that, that just allows that to come out. Yeah, I mean, 
and just to run with that. I mean, some the game, like you said, is at this point is kind of an old game. It's been out for over ten years. They still have the core book, which is you know there's been multiple reprints and editions of it, but the, the rules are the same, and they're not going to be the same. So, you know, there are lots of new games that kind of have come you know around since since in the past ten years that kind of like you were saying meet some of the vibes. Um, and they're great games. I've played some of them, and I really like them. But DCC is is still the same game, and it's right. been around. And you know, at this point, like the other ones, like okay, I I respect and I like what you're doing, but I've already got, I've already got a game that that, that, that is a feature. I mean, you found a game you love, and it and it is that game. And there's no mm-hmm. third edition of it, or fifth edition, or eighth edition, uh, like yep. Warhammer Fantasy. Like I use that as an example, but. You're talking about some different games between first, second, third, and fourth edition mm-hmm. of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Dungeon Crawl Classics, yeah, there's a eighth or ninth or tenth reprint. I don't know what they're on now, but it's just it's Dungeon Crawl Classics. It's the same yeah, game, and that's that's a that's a feature. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I mean, I may have a, a problem when it comes to Goodman Games Kickstarters. I've got it. I think three <laughs> core books now, and. You know, they're it's the same rules. I mean, the art's different. It's they a change the model. art a little bit every now and, and now then. Now you have like DCC yeah. Linkmar and Mutant Crawl mm-hmm. Classics, and in this massive zine culture where you have like I've played elements of Space Crawl Classics, where we, and mm-hmm. we had like Crawl Jammer, like Spell Jammer, but it's Dungeon Crawl Classics, and uh, yeah, all sorts of stuff. So, anyways, you mentioning Moonthrone, I think, is very much in the character of the game. At least my experience as a DCC player. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, I can say that was kind of the inspiration was to try and make a setting to really kind of play with some of the the things I loved about DCC. And at this point, I I mean, I'm trying to try to embrace that culture, but also make my own thing and try to make it a unique, not derivative. While it's clearly, I could name one of the influences, (laughs) but it is. But I can say influences that I'm. You know, it feels to me like well, you know. You don't hear a lot of, uh, you know, people saying, well, my main influence for my D&D thing is, you know, China B. Abel's Bass Flag books and, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> Jeff Vandermeer's Ambergris Cycle and stuff like that. There is a few that I've found that reference those things. Um, but, I mean, those are my influences. I'm like, oh, yeah, if anybody pay attention, I'll see I'm yeah. just totally ripping this off, this off, and this off. But, uh, you know. So let, so back to the so let's say you're you're a new player you're gonna play in a dungeon crawl classics game, it could be somebody's homebrew it could be a zine it could be sailors on the starless sea you know which is how a lot of people funnel pun intended their way in uh, mm-hmm. so um, what what would you suggest to someone who's a, a new player? Well, first thing, don't let the rules get in the way like that's yeah, one, the, I agree. the rules in DCC are. People like, you know, coming from more crunchy games or like right. there's a rule for this and a rule for that. DCC specifically goes out of its way to not do that. Some people I've heard criticize it like the books, the rules in the books are vague and contradictory. And I say, yeah, that's actually somewhat on. Per- who knows that's if it was feature. when they first the first revision? Maybe it wasn't. But at this point, no, that's intentional yeah. because it's the rules, you know, as it says in the book, the 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 judge is the final say on the rules and it's there is no hard and fast rule that it has to be this way. If you have a house rule, it you know, talking about the way the community goes, every I played DCC with a few different judges 
some of which have been associated with the actual, you know, Goodman games and some not. Like Brendan LaSalle is a big name in the DCC community. He's got this X crawl thing coming up. I play I ran in a game with him and he had his own house rules that were not in the book. Um, but it was, you know, everybody has their own house rules and they're not really contradictory. Right. The book is vague on purpose and there's a lot of things I've heard players get kind of, up, you know, in the weeds, like, well, it says this on this page, but it counter it. It's like, yes, whichever one you prefer. It's- yeah, I'd almost say, like, maybe don't even worry about the rules too much, like, if you're showing exactly. up and you're playing, uh, especially if you're yeah. doing a funnel. Yeah, it's like, don't let the rules stop you. Don't let them get in their way. They're vague for a reason. Basically, embrace the, if you want to do something, don't worry about, just my character has the set, am I optimized for this? Just do it. Yeah, like, nice. DCC is definitely embraces that. Because first off, 3D6 down the line, don't worry about your stats. The stats don't really matter. They they help a little bit. They're going to add some nuance to your dice rolls. But can I do something or can I do something? Your stats, ignore those. And yeah. just, you know, add the modifiers, but don't get stuck on them. That's, that's, a, that's the an interesting change is you'll roll this character and they'll have like, you know, I don't know, they'll have like a three or a six in, in intelligence or something or five mm-hmm. or four. And you'll be like, oh, I can't use this character. No, 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 my friend. This is going to be the don't, hero of the story, actually. Like, you just don't know it yet. Especially if you're in a funnel and you got four characters. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's going to be the one that survives. Yeah. It always works that and, way. And, it, and they become Which, this endearing character like that mm-hmm. everyone remembers. And, and they become really interesting uh, because of flaws. Yeah. It, 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 has an impli- it has the story built into it that way. Exactly. And embrace the emergent narrative. Don't, you know, don't look for the rules. Just play the character as you want. If you have an idea you want to do something, try it. That character might die. You'll roll a new one. That's part of the fun, especially in a yeah. funnel. Um, but, if you know, be creative with what you want to do with your players and don't let the, you know, the your optimization stop you. Especially also, just a side note, if you're playing a warrior in DCC, definitely be creative. And just yeah. if you want to try something, try it. You have a mechanic. The warrior is the best fighter class of any game system I think I've ever I read. I can agree with that. Because it's got... The, the deed die is a thing of beauty. It's like the best mechanic in any game, I think. You know, just if you're unfamiliar, basically warriors get a deed die instead of your standard, like, oh, I get a plus one to hit at level one. Warriors get a die they roll every time they attack. And if you get, say, a three or higher on that deed die, whatever awesome thing you said you want to accomplish goes off. Yeah. So, like, when, you, when I say if you want to do something, try it. As a, especially as a warrior, if you have some awesome thing you want to pull off, at least ask to do it. The judge might say, eh, let's tone it down. That's a little much. Like, like, I want to decapitate this guy. Well, that might be a little much, but we'll, you know. I felt we had enough XP in a, in a funnel, so we're like, all right, let's level up because we'd come to this moment. Mm-hmm. And so there was this warrior, and he rolled, his deed die went off, and he took this magic spear uh, that had been imprisoned on another plane of existence and leapt 100 feet through the air on the head of a titan and drove it through its brain and killed it at level one, you know? Um, yeah. Or, or another one, there was a level four fighter, and he also had a magic spear, and there was a fledgling uh, frog god, uh, like a like a baby god of Bobogba Bills, 
and he ripped its belly out and he ended with this like anime spear over the shoulder not looking back like a cool guy kind of move and slew it in one hit you know and you can do all this kind of crazy stuff that you're like in regular D&D you're like why can't I do this if I'm so heroic mm-hmm. like <laughs> and in DCC it's like yeah you could do that yeah especially like in DCC it's like well you can try you can always try yeah. and you know some people have taken that as all well DCC is too over the top and you know it's I don't want to play a game that that is that and to that I'd say eh, that's really the judge's discretion so it's not I don't think the game is necessary I mean we may disagree on this one the game isn't inherently over the top it's just it lets you be it lets and it really depends on the game the judge wants to that's roll. an interesting example, way to look at it like it, it allows for it like you mentioned like you know doing this awesome deed where you know you, you jumped 100 feet in the air and it's like yeah that's the game that everybody was on board for that's the game the judge wanted to run yeah if a judge wants to run a, a lesser tone game then he has to just he just has to be willing to go mm, yeah uh, no but or you know like tone it down a little bit and was like well that's a great idea i'm gonna spin it this way and maybe it's not quite so that's a good point at the top but that's the that's just the judge can kind of control the dials so to speak to the level of crazy gonzo is is really variable but as a, it does have a reputation for being only over the top and well just because a lot of the community loves that and i do too but it doesn't have to be that's one thing I'd yeah say with DCC. okay well uh, Lane, I, I really, I just love talking about this. I could talk about Dungeon Crawl Classics for days. I, I'm going to include this in my review, but 2023 was like Dungeon Crawl Classics year. And we, in mm-hmm. the server, we had like five or six different major games and campaigns and situations and things going on with Dungeon Crawl Class, Classics over the period of a year. And it has been a blast. Um, I will say at the end here, uh, one thing... I can say about the game is I can't really quantify why this is the case, but I play Dungeon Crawl Classics and I end up having fun. And there are games that I love that that's not the case. I play them and I might not have fun, and but there's some sort of attitude, some kind of energy in Dungeon Crawl Classics, uh, and I end up just I I play it, I have fun. It's it's formulaic, it's weird like that. But um, but anyways. Um, are there any TTRPG projects that you're working on right now? Um, and if so, uh, where can people find you and talk to you about it? Well, um, the main thing I'm always working on is my own little homebrew setting that I, you know I feel like I've. Is it still ran. open table? Yeah. Uh, well, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you're, if room you're on the pending, this, pending mm-hmm. available room or whatever. So hi- hypothetically, I mean, it's open to new victims i mean uh, i mean explorers player <laughs> yes exactly so i mean if you were on the you know the mythic mountain server and um wanted to try it out or even look anything up you just hit me up on that um i don't have any it's one of those i've got a my in-house document that i'm working on and i'm working on all these extra rules for it so that i made my main big project is like dcc moon throne is kind of like yeah. my 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 home side project that you know who knows maybe one day i'll actually try and put out a zine or something that's not really a goal right now it's just the having fun with the world building is my my jam with that so that's my big project that i'm always working on i'm i i call it a play test now because i like i said i've moved over i'm kind of rebuilt the setting again specifically for a style of dcc 
that I want to try out, which is basically a mix of hex crawl and urban uh, shenanigans. And I think you know, I mean you played the last game we played. Were you there for that one? Yeah. Um, was the the play test the first time we got to the more urban shenanigans? I felt like uh, well, I need a lot of work on that. So that's the big project I'm working on is trying to get this balance of uh, my niche style of DCC that I want to run. Yeah. Um, as far as places to find me, there's always the, the Mythic Mountains server. If anybody's on that, listening. Um, and my son had a Tumblr blog that's uh, he he just put up MoonThroneMonsters.tumblr, I think, oh, cool. where he's basically taking drawings that I did of like monsters and stuff in Moonthrone, and he's like doing little descriptions of them. Um, if anybody's on that's Tumblr, great. you can do a search for Moonthrone Monsters. It's, it's intermittently updated, but it's got you know. Some some weird stuff that I've come up with, and my my my, my teenage son has written little write ups on them. That's awesome. Well, we'll include links to that stuff in the description. And Lane, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to talk to us about Dungeon Crawl Classics. Anytime, thanks. Mythic Mountains RPG is a private online play club that focuses on folk RPGs. Folk RPGs are the games that belong to all of us. They're what actually happens at a table between friends. It's their voice that has the authority on what is fun and what works for them. Weekly, we upload our games to allow others to sit in with us. The channel isn't monetized. We don't own the artwork, music, software, or games shown in these actual plays, and you can find links to their authors in the description. Like, subscribe, and share if you wish, or don't. Just like games in person, you're welcome to pull up a chair, sit in, and watch some of our games. No performances, no fancy equipment, just regular people playing folk, pencil and paper role-playing games, and having a good time. We hope these games will prove a source of enjoyment to anyone just wanting to listen in, anyone looking for examples of how actual groups run and play folk RPGs, and most importantly, if you haven't found your group yet, you're welcome here at ours.